Welcome to Five Shot Friday with Bart and Sonny Miller. Take it away, Sonny. Well, thank you so much, Bart. Good to see your smiling face today. Today in five minutes or less, well, maybe 20 minutes because we're talking. (laughs) We're going to talk about how two 100 million entrepreneurs share the secrets of honest wealth, the golden circle with Simon Sinek, and navigating mental health through the holiday hustle. Let's go. Okay, so first topic is what we're watching. This week, we were working out at the gym and decided to put on a podcast. Aubrey Marcus, the author of Own Your Day, Own Your Life, actually, I think it's Own The Day, excuse me, Own Your Life, and founding owner of On It, hosts a podcast, and it generally deals with more spiritual stuff. Some people call it woo-woo, but it is a very popular podcast, and he has a lot of pretty high-end individuals that speak to him. Um, imagine our surprise when we saw Alex Hermosi as a guest. He was attended um, Aubrey's recent event there called Arcadia in November. And at the beginning of the podcast, they laugh a little bit that Alex's crowd would definitely not be Aubrey's culture because he kind of described, well, not kind of, he described himself as the exact opposite of woo-woo. But interestingly enough, Aubrey is very wealthy. And even though he's in the spiritual space, he likes to make money. They've heard him laugh before with his wife because if you go look in his closet, he has very high-end clothes, Gucci, like all the name brands where most people, I think when they think of spiritual communities, they don't really focus on money. So these two just get right into the meats and potatoes of the framework of making money. And I think Alex said something to the effect of that manifestation still requires work. So there's a link here if you want to go check out that podcast. It's a great podcast. And I think the one thing that we all have to realize is we were created to be creators. And if you create and you do the things that you love to do, um, you know, it's going to create wealth for yourself if you're willing to sell your creation. But it also takes money to learn a creation. So, you know, it is one of the things that is like if I give a service, um, it's still as if it's money. I mean, there, there's value exchanged in multiple ways, but one of the ways that you need to survive is through, obviously, uh, the exchange of cash. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was the other day. I don't know if it was one on one of our accountability calls, but something to the effect of sometimes we feel bad about taking money from people when we're just trying to bless their lives. It's like, I think the comment was like, it's not about the money, but it's nice to get it. I'm like, well, it kind of is because if you want to keep doing what you're doing and you want to keep blessing people's lives, you've got to charge for it or you can't sustain yourself. Yeah, you got to pay for the platforms and the capacities and all that. And I think that sometimes we forget that. And uh, that's why when somebody, you know, gives you, let's say, a course to go through because they think highly of you and you don't go through it, it's a it's a crying shame because that's like giving you money, you know, because they still pay for the hosting, they pay for all the things they're putting expense and time energy into that to, uh, to gift that to you. And instead of having you cash, they're handing you a vehicle to make yourself more successful. Yeah. And on that same vein, it's interesting that when we pay for things, we pay attention to them. That's like, we've been programmed to put a monetary value on something. And so sometimes when we get it for free, we don't look at it the same way. We don't go through it. We don't take it serious where, hey, somebody else paid $10,000 for that thing you have access to. But because you didn't, all of a sudden, it's just not 
that valuable to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting mindset and an interesting thing we do to ourselves and uh, to each other. So if somebody's gifted you something, take a look at what it took to create that. Be grateful for it. Consume it and, uh, you know, go ahead and gift that on. But at the same time, don't be ashamed and afraid to charge for your products. Amen. All right, we're going to talk about the golden circle with Simon Sinek. And I'm just happy to see that Bart is the master of this, like, Way, way, way back a couple years ago when he started our I Do Epic groups, he was insistent that everybody start their day with why, because he knew that that is what we are all passionate about and what we get behind and why we get up in the morning. So um, part of this is actually going to be in our new playbook that we're coming out with. We're really, really excited launching it into 2024. But I thought it was a really, really good thing to include um, the Golden Circle with Simon Sinek, who's also the author of Start With Why. So as I said, our I Do Epic groups start with their why every single morning because we know two things. One is that our why is what lights us up and gets us out of bed every morning. It's that thing where when we're too tired, we're too sick, we're too whatever, we know that we have a mission and a purpose and we're going to get up and fulfill it because it's that important to us. But on the other scale, it's also what attracts people magnetically to us and to what we have to offer to the world. So Simon Sinek, author of Start With Why, gave a TED Talk clear back in 2009 And it was called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And I think I read that it's in like the top three of all time TED Talks. It's it's garnered over 60 million views. And he talks about this thing that he calls the golden circle. And he explains that most companies and people communicate by starting with what they do, then how they do it. And finally, they get to why they do it if they get to it all. But most of the time, it's pretty blurry, fuzzy, vague for people about why they do what they do. But he argues that inspirational leaders and organizations operate the opposite way and they start with why. And in our newsletter, I've got a graphic of what that looks like. So if you want to go get that, friday.weplayfulout.com is our newsletter link. But when you lead with what you do and how you do it, you really do sound generic and uninspiring and uninteresting. But if you start with your why, you become a leader who inspires people to join in their cause. But it's not because of you, it's because they believe in what you're saying. And we all know like what we're willing to do for a cause versus what we're willing to do for a product. And I think that varies greatly. <laughs> like It's those people who will stand out on the streets at 4am to get the new Apple phone because they're that passionate about it. So here's actually a quick example by Simon, and he uses Apple um, because we can all pretty much relate to that. So if Apple used the golden circle backwards and started with their what instead of their why, it would sound something like what, you know, like, hey, there, we sell computers. How? Well, our computers are beautifully designed with easy to use interfaces. And then why? We believe in thinking outside the box and giving our users freedom of self-expression. Now, if we take a look at how Apple uses it, actually, they start with the why. It sounds more like this. Are you a person who believes in thinking outside the box and desires the ultimate freedom of self-expression? How? Well, you can do that with our beautifully designed, easy-to-use interfaces that give you full control over every design element that you desire. What? Well, by the way, we sell computers. Like, Which one sounds more inspiring to you? And once you start leading with your why instead of your what, your people will attract to you. And he says this repeatedly, and it's so good. He says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. 
Any comments from the master over here? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from this and the downloads that I've gotten when I've been going through this is if you ask the question to your tribe, do you believe you find out what their why is in lots of ways? Because what, what you're asking them is, do you believe the same way as I believe? And when you ask a bunch of people if they believe in a certain thing that you believe in, they want to get behind people who believe like they do. So example is religions. Example is Apple. Example is marathon runners. Example is cyclists. Example is bodybuilders. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but if you say, do you believe in fitness? The answer to a lot of people is yes. Do you believe in bodybuilding? That's different than asking if I believe in CrossFit or do I believe in something else? And you can find tribes that believe And when you find that tribe, you want to accelerate with that tribe and go to those different directions in what they believe. So I think a key part of this and probably getting too far into it is, do you believe? So ask your people if they believe the way you believe. And I bet you you'll find out 99.9% of them do. And they're just like you because that's what you attract, even though you're not starting with your why. But if you understand your why, you can architect it even better and you can find your people even faster. That is exactly, not unsurprisingly, because you are always spot on, what I go into further depth through, what we go into further depth through, not just me, obviously, in our playbook. Um, the why is a belief. Mm-hmm. And that is what gets people behind the cause. 100%. Yeah. And so, you know, even when we, once again, it's in the playbook, so come join us in Idea Epic. <laughs> Um, and I'll have the links in the show notes if you want to dive deeper into your why. But it it, it is. You start with a belief. Yeah, and that's what your why should be. I believe 100%. people should be free to create the life they want to create. Yeah, Do you. Exactly. If I learned anything from being in the LDS church, if they can get you to state what you believe a million times. Which they have testimony meetings every month. You're going to believe it. And that's just what you do. And that's why I understand that principle. But I want you to architect your why by design. Because once you architect it by design of what you want, you get on these calls and you state it regardless of what you want. You will start to become it and you will find those people around you that ultimately want to be part of it. And that's why you see the biggest speakers from stage. You see the biggest influencers from stage. They always tell the exact same story every single time. You will never watch Brendan Burchard and not hear his story. That's why you can ask anybody that knows Brendan, do you know his story? Well, of course I do. I mean, they don't even realize that they know it, but he he emphasizes it so much because that's his why. Yep. It's his belief. Yeah. That if it. I can come from this, I become this. Therefore, if you want this, come follow me. Yep. 100%. How cool. Okay. And then once again, it will be in our new playbook. We're going to really, really dial in on people's wise even further through the new year. And and we are going to be selling the playbook by itself. Yes. So if you don't want to join it and you just want to go through our playbook and do this, you're going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to buy it and go through it. And it's years of research and study that uh, I've, I've put into from everything from Franklin Covey's to everything else I've bought to be able to create this to where I feel like It is, I I mean, the other night I called it the king and the queen master playbook because ultimately I feel like we both have male and female energy. We're both a king or a queen. And as we go through these different things, we get to learn from those angles that we live and become whatever we want to become. Yeah. And the playbook being both business and 
kind of a having it all. Self-help. It's yep. self-help and business. It's development together. Relationships, and, yep. like everything. It's all the things. And I think you need that every single day and you got to touch base with those different categories to excel. Amen. All right. Last topic is navigating mental health through the holiday hustle. So the holiday season is not only upon us, but it's actually almost over. We're only a few days away. And although it's often, well, not just often, it's always portrayed as a time of joy and togetherness, it can paradoxically be a season of stress, loneliness, and create some not-so-fun mental health challenges. Honestly, if I was to do the research, I bet it's more that than it is happiness. That would be interesting to know some statistics on that. I could almost guarantee it. Yeah. Um, feelings of isolation or grief can be amplified in the pressure to maintain a mask of happiness to meet and keep up with social and or family expectations expectations can only make matters internally worse. Sometimes we have family fights or arguments going on and you have to be in the same room with those people who've broken your trust or hurt your feelings and our regular routines are disrupted. So that can also be stress. And I didn't actually include it in here, but also finances are a huge stress because you feel a lot of pressure to buy gifts and you don't want to let people down because that's what Christmas is about is giving gifts, right? Yeah. Well, that's what they tell us it's about. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Commercialism. Okay. So here's five quick tips on how to face mental health challenges for the rest of the week and maybe even incorporate it into next year. So the first is to set realistic expectations. It's okay to not have a perfect holiday experience. We need to try to avoid comparing holidays and maybe you had one magical holiday and you want it to be that way all the time and just realizing that it's probably not going to be And that's okay. It's completely normal for things not to go as planned. Yeah. So on that note, I would start a morning routine and uh, I would literally just get up, take a few minutes, think through your day, what you want your day to be like, think of what your day is going to have in it, who you're going to see. If you're going to see somebody that you don't want to be around, that you don't think you need to be around, think about how you're going to be with them, what you want to do, how that's going to, you know, how you can have a great outcome with that. And just really think through that and it'll mentally help you to handle that entire day. Yeah, that's really good. Setting intentions is very powerful. Okay, so the second would be to prioritize self-care. And that could also include the morning routine that Bart was just talking about. But make time for activities that can nourish you physically and mentally. And that can be exercise, getting enough sleep, meditation, or try to get out and do some hobbies or interests that just bring you joy. It'll just give you the little break that you need. Yeah. And also, I just want to remind you on what I said, if there is somebody that you don't want to see, don't feel like you have to attend those parties. There's no reason to set yourself into an energy that you do not want to be in. If you elect not to, then just be able to use your voice, stand up for yourself and say, pass on this and it'll make it a better holiday for you. Yep. I will. Thank you. Okay, the next one is to reach out for support. So if you're feeling lonely or overwhelmed, don't hesitate to reach out to friends, family, or mental health professionals. Sometimes just having somebody to talk to is all the release you need. Like it just takes all those bottled up things, gets them out, and then you can be done with them. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that a lot of us don't have is a support system. And as I talk to a lot of people, it's really funny is they don't feel like they truly have friends that can relate or understand and I think that we'll be surprised. I, I never, I, it's interesting on our, I do epic calls. I talk to a lot of these humans, um, daily and some of them I've talked to for years 
And it still amazes me when they have come up with things that I'm like, you have been through that? Wow. Like it blows my mind. Like yeah. the other day, for example, there's a person that's been on our calls for at least a year and a half. And he, he brought up that he had been adopted and not only adopted, but adopted into a family of eight kids that have been adopted. And I've just blown away. I mean, this, this human is an amazing doctor, just an amazing, not that it changes any of that. Right. But I mean, things that I would have taken for granted in, you know, in my life or talked about, I can't imagine some of the things he's experienced also, you know, but we just, we don't even think about those things as we're in these, these situations that probably more people understand than don't understand, but we just aren't willing to talk or open about things. So therefore we don't ever find out. Yeah. I think we kind of make assumptions we're on our own island too much. Yeah, exactly. So reaching out to others is obviously one of the best things you can do. Absolutely. All right. The next one is setting boundaries. So we're going to kind of circle back to what Bart said about being in the room, maybe with people who make you very uncomfortable or cause emotions that you don't want to have. So it's okay to say no to events and it's okay to say no to conversations that feel overwhelming or stressful. Listen to your own needs and set boundaries. And this reminded me of a story that Brene Brown told, and I can't really remember what book it was from, um, but I believe the basic gist of the story was that her child's school wanted her to make cookies, but she hated making cookies and she had a lot going on. So it was like overwhelming for her. But she was also somewhat of a people pleaser, so she would end up saying yes, and then she would be pissed off about it the whole time and overwhelmed, having all these emotions. Like, if she's going to do it anyway, she'd prefer to feel joy, but instead she was just mad about it. So she started wearing a specific ring, and I can't remember the story behind the ring. She'd put this ring on her finger, and when anybody started to ask her to do something that she knew she was not going to want to do, she would start twisting that ring on her finger to give her the strength to just say no to it. And so, you know, that was her personal habit or her ritual that she came up with um, to support her own resilience and saying no. And so I just thought that was kind of a powerful thing that maybe some of us could adopt. It's just that little thing giving us the strength to say no. Yeah, it helps throw her into her alter ego. And we teach that principle is that that is a device that as she touched it and she ignited it, it would change that alter ego. And one of her things that she needed was strength. And so that's, that's really awesome and uh, grateful that she used it to work in her advantage. Yep. And then the last one, number five, is to create new traditions. So if old holiday tradi- traditions bring up painful memories or they're no longer possible, just consider creating some new ones. Maybe it's time to acknowledge change and make a holiday season that is uniquely yours. Okay, then finally, some quick bullet updates of what we're up to. So maybe you already know, but Kobe, our oldest son, is still home from Hawaii until the 30th. And then we've also had the privilege this week of hosting one of his friends who came from France. It's been really fun learning about different culture and having someone in the house who has never experienced a traditional American Christmas in our home. And she's also made us some really yummy food that is France, France food, French food. (laughs) And they're not just French fries. No, they're not. There's some hard bread involved, (laughs) but it's good. (laughs) Then Kenya, our youngest daughter, just pulled in from Provo, Utah yesterday. And we're really excited to have her here until Christmas. And then she's got a friend coming today as well. So we'll have a full house. Mercedes came over yesterday 
and everyone pitched in to decorate for Christmas because we had not had the time to do it yet. So now we're all Christmased up. Um, our plans for this week include making popcorn cakes for the neighbors. If you missed our last episode, go tune into that. We've also got the full recipe for our popcorn cakes that are a tradition passed down from Bart's grandma, Kamora Miller. So we'll be doing that. And then we're going to go to what's called a Christmas river. I think it's just a river walk with lots of beautiful lights all set up. Kobe's friend has never really seen lights on houses, I guess. Maybe they don't do that in France. Is that what you're... Yeah, that, they don't do that in France. They don't do that in France. So we're going to go look at some Christmas lights and then hopefully find some that have the music coordinated with the lights so it's a full-on show. And then, of course, our Christmas Eve party. So that'll be fun. And then, this is exciting. We're celebrating that we are on our 12th podcast episode today. Um, statistics are crazy in podcasting. They show that there are 2 to 4 million podcasts out there in the world, but 44% of them only have 3 episodes or less. 44%. Crazy. So only 720,000 out of 2 to 4 million have more than 10 episodes. And out of the 720,000, only 156,000 release an episode weekly. So if you can get past 10 episodes on your podcast, you are in the top 50%, 56%, actually. Yeah. And it's really crazy, actually, because I can't remember the full statistic of how many people listen. I want to say like 100 million. If you think 156,000 are only releasing one weekly, you should be able to get quite an audience, I would think. You'd hope so, but you know, it's like they say, if you build it, they'll come, but it's not always true. So I think you've got to want to be passionate about what you're talking about and want to really serve your audience and uh, love them and bring good content for people to want to listen. So that is true. Yeah. So I'm assuming we're wrapping this up. We're so wrapping it up. We just, uh, from Sunny and I and our family, we want to bless you this holiday season. We want you to know how grateful we are for you and your family. And we, uh, we hope you have the best absolute holiday you possibly can. And as you approach this new year, uh, we really want to bless you that you will have the time to sit and create the morning routine and architect the life that you want by design. And what we mean by that is we want to bless you that you can take the time to literally sit down and say, what do I want from this life? And what brings me joy? What brings me happiness? And what could I do today that I have been putting off? We want to bless you that you'll be able to sit down, write those goals and those dreams out and not sit and wonder how they're going to come, but know they are going to come to you and for you. And I also bless you that you'll know that life has happened for you and not to you to be where you're at today. And that if you'll embrace that and honor that and be grateful for that, then great things will continue to happen for you. We bless your families, you have a Merry Christmas, have an amazing, blessed new year. And if there's anything that Sunny and I can do, or there's a message that you want to hear from us, please uh, let us know. Uh, send us uh, pictures of your popcorn cakes if you got it from the last issue and all the fun things. But let us know if there's a topic you want us to talk about or something that we can bless your life. And with that, we hope you have a Merry Christmas. And this episode was sponsored by I Do Epic. <laughs>